The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. And welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Kent Beadle joins us with CHS Hedging, the Russell Consulting Group out of St. Paul, Minnesota. We look at the... I guess we're going to talk about the elephant in the room. It has been raining. It has been snowing in many areas. That has caused for a pretty much halt to any sort of harvest going on across the upper Midwest. And markets have taken notice. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, for certainly with uh, only about a third of the crop uh, being harvested as of last Monday in the weather pattern that we've had this week, uh, the expectation for uh, this upcoming Monday afternoon will that will be essentially that not much progress will have been made. Um, and while we were probably a little bit ahead of the game, we're, we're starting to fall a little bit behind. Um, I think there is some concern out there about the impact of this weather pattern on how things might yield going forward. Uh, stock quality has been an issue. Uh, there's been plenty of pictures out there on Twitter of... Uh, of soybean pods that have, um, uh, you know, broken open and beans on the ground and, uh, and as well as other um, potential harvest issues that we're going to have. And, of course, the ground is just very wet and uh, and it's been cold and, and, you know, that keeps things from drying. So uh, it's it's been a very slow harvest and, and the markets do feel to me as though they are taking notice to, of that along with, of course, the... Uh, the crop report from yesterday. You talk about that crop report of yesterday, and it didn't have factored in what we've seen weather, what we've seen crop damage-wise since the 1st of October. So could that make things a little bit more interesting come next report? Oh, for sure. Um, you know, first of all, you don't have a uh, you don't have a strong history in corn when, you know, you're when your September yield goes up like it has, but then it goes down in October, you've You've got some years where the where the yield uh, goes up in in uh, November. Some yields years that it goes down, um, but I think that in general, uh, the marketplace going into the November report will be wondering if this weather pattern might not uh, trim uh, a certain amount of uh, yield out of uh, out of the uh, out of the crop, and I think maybe. Um, you know, we may be leaning towards something just a little bit smaller uh, when when the report comes in November. I would say that uh, given the large amount of uh, samples that were harvested by the USDA, I don't think anyone is going to expect that the overall yield is going to change much in either direction. But I do think the trade might lean towards something just a little lower because of the weather. And looking at the weather, we are obviously haven't seen any uh full information coming out yet but hurricane michael has you know wreaked a lot of havoc for those in the carolinas and georgia and florida as they try to get that crop out of the ground oh absolutely and um you know that's not a major production area but it is you know it is it is important um last year we had you know exceptional yields you know, from Texas, you know, through the Delta and all the way up the East Coast. And so, you know, we think that this year things are, are back to a little bit more normal and maybe a little bit below normal now because uh, the weather that uh, 
that we've had in the southeast has definitely been harmful uh, to, to crop prospects there. Any other follow-through from the crop report of this week? Um, you know, ultimately, I guess uh, we agreed with the increase in, in corn demand. Um, we think that's a number that could go up a little bit more. Um, we would uh, note that uh, given the large number of animals or the increased number of animals and yet the fact that uh, feed residual usage ended up taking a very large hit because of the higher stocks number, we wouldn't be at all surprised uh, if the USDA rectified that somewhat by uh, actually changing the, the uh, yield for the 2017 crop on this next report. Uh, they did say on their uh, uh, Twitter update after the report was released that they that they can do that. They didn't say that they will. Um, but if they did do that and then subsequently raised feed residual use for last year's 17-18 crop year, then maybe um, we could see uh, feed residual use again go up a little bit on the 18-19. And, and with, uh, last, uh, uh, with yesterday's higher exports, I mean, it really does paint a very nice demand picture. You talked before we started the, uh, the Fontenelle Final Bell, was talking about having some logistics in place, even though the harvest has been on the slower side. Right. So what happens is that um, the country elevator system uh, goes out and bids on trains well ahead of harvest uh, in order to um, be able to most efficiently move the crop um, you know, through their elevator and uh, to the export points. And so, you know, whether it be uh, trucks to get uh, to get the crop to, to river points or trains to get the crop to, say, the West Coast. Um, you know, we put a lot of logistics in place ahead of harvest. And then when you have a slower harvest like the one that we've had, uh, some of those obligations on freight are still there. And that sometimes means that the elevator system has to then go and kind of push to get uh, either hedged inventory to move or to just entice the farmer uh, to sell a few more bushels. And so we've seen a better, uh, a little stronger basis levels uh, through much of the country here this week. And uh, certainly that's a little bit helpful for our growers as well. And it's nice to see that the export pace has continued to be there, even with all the influences we've seen from trade. Yeah. Um, the, 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 at this price, we just think world corn demand is very strong, and it's it has to come to the United States because the short, of the shortfalls that we had in production in Argentina and Brazil this past year. Stick around, folks. We've got more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up after this on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Kent Beadle joining us with CHS Hedging and the Russell Consulting Group out of St. Paul, Minnesota. We look at the rest of the, the happenings of the grain complex before we jump into the livestock. Uh, the wheat market, it's had a, quite the interesting week and nice to see it close up on the uptick. Yeah, um, on, a, on a weekly degree, uh, I, I, we, we essentially closed the week very close to unchanged. A little bit higher in Minneapolis, but what's what's more interesting about it to me is just the kind of volatility that we've had. Um, you know, we've seen 
uh, the wheat market have you know sharply higher days and then turn around and have sharply lower days uh, and the marketplace is you know acting somewhat schizophrenic on one uh, on one hand uh, there's still plenty of wheat in the world uh, yesterday's crop reports were not all that uh, bullish uh, people were maybe thinking that they might be a little more bullish than they were um, and you know we've got a lot of supply here in the US and so some days we trade down hard off of those nearby fundamentals, but then uh, we look at, at foreign production issues in Australia and in Europe and what and issues that are rumored to be occurring in Ukraine and Russia and some of the actions that have been taken by the Russian government specifically on wheat exports. Um, they seem to be signaling that at some point in time they may put a, a curb on wheat exports and those kinds of uh, days, we end up with sharply higher days, uh, similar to the one we had today. Well, let's jump over to what we've seen on the livestock side of the trade now. The poor technicals uh, this week in most of the livestock contracts that kind of set the tone from the beginning of the week and just followed through. Yeah, you know, last week, uh, uh, you know, cattle kind of uh, reversed lower off of some new highs and today, uh, or this week, we did try to rally uh, early in the week, and then, um, you know, we've we've failed pretty mightily, and we've taken out uh, uh, in cattle some of the um, uh, some of the support from the last three or four weeks, and uh, we do have the worst close that we've had in four weeks. Um, you know, there are large supplies of cattle out there, and uh, you know, the market. Um, kind of contra-seasonally rallied a little bit here and um, you know we may end up with a bit of a contra-seasonal break now as well um, again uh, there's plenty of supply out there there's a little doubt about that uh, we also had a bad technical week in hogs and uh, in fact uh, the summertime June contract which is a, a very popular hedging vehicle for the industry um, we saw an uh, outside key reversal lower after making new highs uh, in the June hogs earlier this week, uh, ended up closing below last week's lows. And that's a pretty bearish technical indicator. It, it suggests exhaustion of buying. It suggests a lot of new hedging. Um, and uh, I think some of it actually may be tied to the corn in both cattle and hogs and the fact that um, you know, corn had been, uh, you know, pulling back and, and these livestock markets had been moving forward. It was providing a lot of opportunity to lock in margin. And uh, once the corn uh, number ended up not being bearish but being a little bit bullish yesterday, I think that was maybe a signal for uh, the livestock industry to step in and, and try to make sure that they got their margins locked down. So I think some of this had to, uh, had to, had to do with uh, some hedging from uh, both the hog and the cattle industry itself. Could we see a pickup in in the cash cattle trade for next week into the positive territory? Um, I I think that with the kind of close that we had today, we're we're very likely looking at a steady at best call for cash cattle next week. Okay. What about for the hogs? Again, a struggle has been there for them. Light trade was seen pretty much throughout today's numbers. Yeah. Um, honestly, we've we've had a really nice recovery uh, in cash values, um, but we still have a lot of um, supply out there, and uh, normal seasonality might suggest that we're going to start to see uh, 
see the hog market start to dip again, uh, especially on the cash side. Um, we would be anticipating that uh, cash hogs maybe start to move a little bit lower here again, uh, not higher, and that our uh, uh, and that our highs on this rebound have likely been made. Anything else that we need to kind of keep an eye on as we mull through the weekend and, and head towards Monday's trade for either grain or the livestock? Well, I think the last thing I would just mention is that the weather does look better next week and uh, harvest activity is likely to pick up. So, uh, you know, with the rally that we've had off the report, um, you know, there's there may be some hedging opportunities that, that growers should be taking a look at after uh, uh, what's been a you know, 60, 70 cent rally in soybeans and a you know, 30 cent rally in corn. Um, and then when we consider the carries out into next summer and or for 2019. What is the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Kent? Um, we can be reached at uh, 800-851-0892. Sounds good. Thanks so much. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.